Welcome to the RBL podcast aimed to encourage and uplift women of all ages through real stories, testimonies, and experiences in Christ. We'll dive into a variety of different topics pertaining to women, and trust me, no topic is off limits. I'm your host, Mercedes, and if you're ready to be inspired and encouraged, this podcast is for you. Hey, RBL community. So we all know that sometimes life doesn't always go the way we thought it would. And that reality can apply even as a Christian. And so this may be in the form of loss, an unexpected illness, losing a job, etc. So today with my guest, we will be discussing everything surrounding life's unexpected events. So welcome, Pearl. It's so great to have you on here today. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Thank you for having me. So I haven't known Pearl for that long, but I do remember the first time meeting you, Pearl. And the first thing that popped in mind was, wow, I love your accent. That's so funny because I'm in Canada and everyone's like, you've got an accent. You've got an accent. And I go, I don't have an accent. You guys have an accent. Because back home, we're always trying to imitate your accent. So, well, thank you. Wow, you tried to imitate us. That is yeah. <laughs> wow, because here we are trying to, well, at least at least myself, I can speak for myself. I've always loved the UK accent. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like Yeah, so uh my name is Pearl um Pearly uh, um as of t- um twenty-second of September. 2019 um when I got married and so I had two names initially and now I just have one so people used to call me Pearly Whirly before or Pearly so now it literally is my name Pearly as a surname (laughs) yeah yeah because um my husband's Vietnamese and his surname's Lee so so Pearl you've been saved for some time now how long has it been uh 16 years 16 years okay so can you give us a little testimony of how you came to Christ in the first place indeed so I grew up in a what as you'd say a religious home where we believed in Jesus but we you know we didn't know the fundamentals of being born again or salvation my grandparents had gotten uh, saved in a revival that took place in Uganda quite a while back. And mm-hmm. they, they, they were powerfully saved because my grandfather was part of a sort of a traditionalist family and he was supposed to take over my great grandfather's sort of place as a chief or something of the sort. But then he got saved mm-hmm. and... Um, so that's kind of how Christianity came into our family. But my dad didn't take up the mantle. And um, so he kind of did his own thing. And so we would go to church here and there, maybe Christmas or when we went to visit my grandparents. But we didn't really um, have Christ at home. We didn't pray or anything of the sort. But because of that, I had a, I had a fear of God that was put in me. Mm-hmm. But I hated church as a child. <laughs> I didn't like going to church because church was, it just, it didn't go on forever, but it just felt like it went on forever. I just didn't mm-hmm. think it was cool, you know, the kid things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so when I was about, I believe maybe 11 or 12, I could be mm. wrong, but I'm the age, my uh, parents were moved to London and um, we started a new life. But it wasn't long after that, that my father left home. And mm. that was a big hit because we had grown up in a typical sort of African home where there is a dad and there's a mom and, you know, you're a family and now there's no dad in the home. So that mm. led for my brother to go into things like drugs and um, gangs at a very young age. And my sister, she fell pregnant very early on. And then it was left with me. And I had always been a very ambitious person that kind of set, you know, I had goals and I had things that I'd always wanted to achieve. So in the family, or should I say amongst my siblings, I was the one who was more level-headed very ambitious and that will play in to what it would you know to later on to you know part of the testimony later on but um that was an important part for me so mm-hmm. I when my dad left home I was kind of lost as any teenager would be and um mm-hmm. I had in, in t- initially wanted to be a doctor and get into you know um that kind of field and it was actually by my choice because I know African families you know if you, you you have to become a doctor a lawyer or a teacher exactly. excuse me yeah. <laughs> but for me it was actually by choice and I think my family especially my dad he'd hoped that that would be my what I end up doing so that he can have something of pride to say my my daughter's a doctor you know but I mm. didn't end up doing that I ended up in the music industry anyways um mm-hmm. getting into the music industry really opened my eyes because it became a plan a so I quit school at a very young a, a very early age and doing this and as I was pursuing the music industry um I realized that there was such an emptiness that it was all glitz and glam on the outside but the you know, when you come down to uh, the nitty gritty, when you see the reality of it, it wasn't kind of what we see on TV and stuff like that. Uh, and that was really heartbreaking because I thought this was it. This this was going to be the thing, you know. But it was through that that um, I got witness to and I ended up giving my life to Jesus. I thought I was a good person, but it turned out that I wasn't actually, you know, and yeah, so that's kind of how I came to Christ, and um, yeah. So even in light of that, we can see there are so many unexpected events that occurred in your life up until right. the point that you came to Christ, right? Like you mentioned before, um, you know, you are, you're with your entire family, it's a full family, you know, dad's at home, mom's at home, you know, your siblings, and then all of a sudden dad's not in the picture, right? And things start, everyone starts kind of taking a detour, basically, right? Things start going in a different direction. So that's pretty interesting. Um, But that's the thing, right? With even unexpected events, sometimes, you know, we experience them um, prior to Christ, and then we come to Christ, and sometimes they also can take place. So with that being said, 
you mentioned that you've been safe for 16 years now. So in that mm-hmm. period of time, can you take us through a moment in your walk when maybe life started to be taking a different turn that maybe you didn't see coming? So I got saved when I was 18 and okay. I, I found it. You know, the music industry was going to be it. But now this was it. When I got saved, I got saved. I was one of those people who it was like black and white, you know. And so this then gave me a new perspective on life. This is what I'm going to do. This is the meaning of life. This is a purpose. I can live for this. I can give myself to this. I'm excited. I, I was one of those people who got saved and I was witnessing to everything that was walking the next day. That I remember waking up that morning and praying for the first time and right. literally life just just praying and thinking, I, I didn't even know this is what prayer was. Open up my Bible and think, and, and the words were just flowing at me. And, you know, and I know wow. not everyone gets that experience when they get saved. Yeah. But that was really kind of my experience I remember going upstairs and trying to witness to my family my brother and there was such an um uh, a conviction that even came upon him and mm-hmm. so everyone was like whoa she's you know obviously I didn't know the word radical but it was like radical you know I mm-hmm. had prayed that morning so I prayed at about 4 4 a.m in the morning and this was about 1 p.m. on the Saturday because asking me why I was that at 4 p.m.? That's what the music industry will do to you. You know, you're always out. There's a gig happening and all of these things. Right. So, right. And so um, you can see like the Im- immediate transformation that took place for me. And so, but on Sunday, I was in church and on, you know, on Monday, there was a conference that was taking place and I was there the whole week. And so there was a lot of, inpouring into my life straight away mm-hmm. so I say that to say that I had got it this is it you know um there was a lot of um things that the devil tried to do I uh one of the things that happened was that uh yeah about two weeks before I got saved I really had this sense that I was going to die really weird ominous feeling that I was going to die I was having these weird dreams I was going to die and so that's one of the things that led me to giving my life to Jesus because I thought well Mm -hmm. I'm going to die soon anyway so what do I have to lose um I know I there's so many lots there's so many weird parts with my testimony but what happened is that two weeks are when I got saved I thought I had two days to die but then when I got where after I got saved I remember praying, God, don't take my life. Just give me at least two more years for me to tell people about you. And this was the Sunday, like the next day after I prayed, right? Mm-hmm. So, but two weeks after I'd given my life to Jesus, Hitman came to our door because my cousin had been involved in some drug trace thing and it all went down south and then you know, so these hitmen come to our door and they basically come to our house to kill us. So as soon wow. as they see me, my brother had just come home. As soon as they see me, this fear comes over them and they start to, um, they start to panic. So these big men with guns and armor and everything start to panic. And I'm, I, I'm just going to say, so I'm like, oh, 
Jesus, can I witness to you? You know, I'm like this, I mean, like a different mind space, not realizing what's happening. And so, but there was such a fear that came upon these men that the whole encounter didn't make any sense. So they they walk away uh, from our door, kind of mm. confused and kind of bumping into each other. And that's what got my brother and I to think, wait, what was that? So we call up our mom, because she wasn't home at the time. And we said, hey, mom, there's some guys who just showed up at our door and they were asking for you and this, that, and the other. So my mom panics. And so she says she's coming home straight away. And she explained mm. to us that, you know what, your cousin's been in a lot of trouble. These are people, they... You know, they they their intention was to kill you because they'd done the same thing to my cousin's girlfriend's family uh, about four months prior prior to them coming to our house that year, and they practically they murdered her whole family basically. Wow! So we were next in line. Anyway, so I knew that that was a hand of God that was keeping, you know, that had kept me, had kept my family. We ended up in police custody. My auntie got kidnapped by the by the same group of people she had to pay a ransom it's a whole story so it wasn't a straightforward journey you know the zeal for the house of God the zeal for the things of God just magnified in me the more I was seeing those things the more these things were happening in my life the more living for Jesus was a reality for me then I get to the age of 22 and okay. things start to, you know, just change, you know. Um, I remember we were, I was going to, um, in, we went on a medical mission to Sierra Leone. And Thanks. this was in March. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to Sierra Leone. Obviously, Sierra Leone had 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 a history of uh of war and so it's still a very up-and-coming country so we'd gone there to basically bring medical support to people in this country whilst bringing the gospel to them but right before I was going um I remember God giving me this scripture and it was in Habakkuk Habakkuk Two, mm-hmm. I believe it is and it says write the vision and make it plain you know and it says though it tarry wait for it um it shall surely come to pass um and then it carries on and says you know something don't watch don't look at the prideful or something of the sort but the just shall live by faith mm. so I'm reading this and I'm like why is this scripture standing out to me what's going to happen what am I supposed to write down so there's a lot of questions but I knew that it was connected to something I just didn't know what it was connected to and I knew that whatever was coming was not going to be a good thing so let's just let's just um, stop there for a second so why did you was it because of the scripture at the time that popped into mind or why why the thought that this might not be a good thing I honestly cannot tell you I just remember thinking something's Mm. going to happen and I don't quite know what it is I I, I remember not reading Mm. it thinking oh 
oh nice right the vision like you know I remember thinking okay uh mm-hmm. the time wait for it what am I going to have to wait for I remember the words like re rethinking on the words and kind of gurgitating on the word regurgitating the words like though it tarry does that mean waiting what am I gonna have to wait for waiting doesn't feel so good so do I have to wait for something or like lots of questions that were just going through my mind that were not praise the lord Jesus I'm ready you know I remember having that sense that sense more than anything Mm, okay yeah and um so yeah, so that was in March. I go on the invasion team. I'm, and whilst I'm on this missionary trip, I'm kind of looking out like, is it this? Is it that? Is it, you know, what's going to happen to me? I'm, you know, and, um, but also the other part of me just being so excited because again, I've just been living on cloud 100. And um, nothing happened. Came back home. Everything was fine uh love the love the missionary trip we had such a such an amazing time just seeing the real hand of god wherever mm-hmm. fast forward now september we go on another in, um invasion team missionary trip but this one wasn't a medical one this was just uh to go and support our churches in the gambia and mm-hmm. uh we went to um the capital city the main city in the Gambia and it wasn't long into that trip that a few we all ate something and we all got sick and you know it was you know we we had really bad tummies (laughs) for want of a better word or you know um and so we just thought oh something's gonna pass you know right but we had to cut the invasion team short as in we stayed the full duration, but we didn't continue to evangelize because we were we weren't well. Um, but m- some of us recovered whilst we were still there. But some others, we came back and we still weren't well. And so it's not the end of the world. But what mm-hmm. happened is that with me, for some weird reason, I just didn't recover. And Prior to me going, I was doing kickboxing, I was playing tennis, I used to jog, I used to do all these things, I was involved in church. So my schedule was very busy. I had work, I was that I was up at five and I was in bed at 12. Like my schedule was very, very busy. Mm-hmm. And so um, now I go to a kickboxing class after I've come back and no word of a lie, I could not walk properly for about two weeks. So we're all laughing, we're thinking, oh, look at you, you just, you know, you've missed out on two weeks of kickboxing and you're so unfit, ha, 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 we're laughing. Mm -hmm. That should have been my first sign that something was not right with my body anymore. So basically, we had bacterial infection we'd had in the Gambia had triggered my body into a sort of it started to fight this disease, but no, it wasn't picking up in my blood because it was bacterial. Mm. I begin to go, so I'm struggling now with lethargy and I'm not functioning as I should. I feel like my battery is only charging to 
to 50%. You know, for someone who had 100% energy, now I'm just to 50. Every day feels like a drag. I'm just trying to make it through. But again, I just thought this is something that's going to pass. I went to the doctors on and on and on and on. And they kept saying to me, we can't find anything. Nothing's wrong. So now I'm hit with a major you know situation where I'm not well and I don't know what in the world's going on all I know is I can't do the things that I used to do but then being a Christian being a Christian I'm thinking well you know it's going to pass it's uh, you know um I we're gonna pray I believe God God's gonna help me and one week went by two weeks went by one month went by two months went by still the same you know and so, yeah, so that kind of, that was pretty much the beginning of this journey. Wow. So how many years ago was that from when you first got infected? So that was 11 years ago. 11 years ago. Okay. Yeah. And would you think that as of now, like, um, have you recovered? Are you still dealing with it? What is the status right now? So right now I'm still dealing with it. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a journey to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's definitely still something that I wrestle through, um, battle through. So in 2010, September, I remember it was almost like I don't know if you've been to Win- uh, Wonderland, Canada's Wonderland, and you go on the drop zone and you go up, go up, go up. And it's like, oh, this is so nice. And then just before you can even count to, to, to one, you've been dropped, you know? So it was like that spiritual high I'd gone up on, I dropped very quickly. And I yeah. think that was part of the confusion that, wait, what just happened? <laughs> Do we not live up there? Do we not just keep climbing up the mountain and stay up there? You know, so that um, that was also a state that I was in at that time more than anything. Hey, RBL community, please remember to follow this podcast and follow us on Instagram to never miss out on any updates. And now back to the episode. Of course, like after the the sickness came in. So Mm -hmm. there's confusion right? Because it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, like going on, you know, I was here and now things have shifted. So what were Mm -hmm. some of the thoughts that, you know, came after a while when you started realizing this wasn't going away? Yes, I think my initial thoughts were confusion. Mm -hmm. Because one, as I said, I was on the mountaintop. Now I've literally just been dropped straight into the, there wasn't even a let's come down slowly. It was straight into the valley, you know. Um, There was, um, I had a lot of confusion because in my mind, you prayed and you got better because that's what Jesus did. And so Mm -hmm. if you don't get better, then you don't have enough faith. So there was a lot of spiritual confusion that took place. Uh, There was a lot of confusion physically because the doctors still weren't able to work out what was happening to me. I was getting a lot of numbness um, in my left side. So they thought that perhaps I had, um, I had a whole bunch of things up, you know, that it could potentially be. So I'm going back and forth to doctors trying to work out what it could potentially be. 
so there was a lot of physical a lot of confusion mm-hmm. as regarding to my physical health um because fast forward um a couple of months after you know um the months following should i say we um I wasn't eight, so my body. Just, I remember waking up one morning and my body just shut down. Like I could not move my body. My brain was there and it was saying it's time to get up, but my physical body just could not move itself. And I remember ending up in the hospital. I was in the hospital for about a month. I um, had to. Uh, I um, I remember I wasn't able to walk, so I had to go to rehab to relearn how to walk because it's like my muscles just could not remember how to move. Um, they were just really numb, and like it was just a whole kind of you know thing that was taking place. So physically, there was a lot of that. Um, I had to stop, you know, going to church because I didn't have the energy to make it to church. So for somebody who was heavily involved, and now you can't make it to church. It was, it, it's like everything just changed in one second. You know, it's right. like, I think about it like a car that's driving at a thousand miles an hour. And then all of a sudden the, the engine just stops. Like that car's going to, it's going to start flipping. You know, it's, it, it's not, it will probably flip and, you know, go into the next lane or something of the sort, you know? And I think it's really happened to me. Um, emotionally it was confusing because I had I, I had a lot of you know things like guilt that came in because it's like I'm supposed to be doing this I'm supposed to be doing that I'm such a high achiever I I've got things I want to accomplish I'm still young I've got all these plans and now I'm not doing I'm, I'm I've stopped and I don't understand why I've stopped you know so there was a lot of confusion around everything and also being a Christian with all that I'd learned it was that Christians don't go through this so mm-hmm. mentally I'm like as a Christian I shouldn't be going through this I didn't know where to put my mind to be fair so the yeah so as you can see there was just lots of factors and you know pockets that weren't so clear to me mm-hmm. um but one thing that was very clear that God kept reminding me was that scripture and I was like, that's what he meant. It's almost like as soon as I, this began to happen, and I remember that, that scripture kept coming back to my mind, I began to realize that, wow, th- th- he foreknew, like, this is, what he, this is what he meant. This is what he meant. Though it tarry, though it tarry. So anyways, I'm probably like jumping way ahead. But yeah, there was a lot kind of going on for me around in that time for sure right I like that you said um actually that you know in your mind it was like well Christians are not supposed to go through this right Mm -hmm. I think sometimes um we can almost have this like misconception right that Mm -hmm. like because now I'm saved everything is just going to be one straight line you know I'm going to go from point a to point b to heaven you know and right. that's it i'm never going to deal with anything 
the Bible like tells us this as well, right? That like um, we'll have actually many trials and that's even like a mm-hmm. promise if we may, right? That mm-hmm. in this world, we're going to have lots and lots of trials, but Jesus also assures us that, you know, like he's also overcome the world that, you know, he he's going to be there with us as well, right? So we're not alone in this, but I know that, again, especially, you know, maybe as a young believer or when things are going really, really well, like you've mentioned multiple times, right? It's almost like, oh, this is just, you know, nothing, nothing mm-hmm. can come my way. Nothing can mm-hmm. stop now, you know, like God's on the throne and he is. So my question mm-hmm. for you, right, is mm-hmm. in those moments, right, like um, where there's confusion happening, how did, if it did, how did mm-hmm. it affect your relationship with God and how you viewed God? Yeah, I 100% it did in the sense of, so there were two things that were happening. There was God's faithfulness and there was my perspective of who God was. And Mm. in my finite understanding, I thought I had understood who God was because I was very active in church and I had been saved for a couple of years now you know and that understanding though was you know you come to church and you serve and you do all these things and God is good and if you pray and you fast God hears you and he changes things and this is who God is he's encapsulated in this in this in um in in my understanding of who he is you know um but I didn't know that God is bigger than that so Mm. for me there was a struggle in breaking who I'd understood him to be Mm. who I know to be from young growing up like you know you know you grew up in an African home oh you must respect God oh you can never doubt and question God so I never thought that there were things that that I should question you know um God you know things like God what's going on God why God God are you there with me God you know it was almost like if if things are bad then it's something that you've done because to be close mm-hmm. to Jesus is just to be on the mountaintop. So if you're not mm-hmm. on the mountaintop, then clearly you've done something wrong. And that's why you need to climb back up the mountain. So you need to do everything to climb back up the mountain to be close to Jesus. I didn't know that truly God is not just the God of the mountaintop, but he's also the God of the valleys. Yes. You know, that it's in the valleys that we meet with him. It's in the valleys that we know who he really is our characters formed so that we can as when we're on the mountaintop he still remains God you know he still remains sovereign um so the reason why I say there was God and there was me was because my understanding of Christianity salvation being born again was just what I just described but then that Mm. God began to really reveal his character to me his person to me my relationship with him began to take a different turn because I didn't think I would get to know 
I didn't think I would get to know this God. You know, there was there was almost a work, like, like I said, I'm naturally an amb- ambitious person, type A personality. So I'm a getter. So I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to go and get. I'm going to go and do for your kingdom. But he's like, I don't want you to do. I want you to be. But I'd never known what it meant to be because I'm so used to doing. And mm. so he began to reveal things to me. Like he gave, I remember when I was in hospital, I was in hospital for about a month. And um, he gave me a word, um, the scripture that says, I w- um, in Jeremiah 30, 17, I will restore health to you. So if, if I could get the two scriptures that he gave me, um, which was the, in Habakkuk, talking about the just shall live by faith, and I will restore health to you. For me, I was like, okay, well, you're going to restore me now. Like, you know, God, it's been a year, so <laughs> just restore me now you know but he meant no it's going to take a while before that comes I will do it but it's going to need faith to to live this journey you know and faith is not sight sight is am I better do I feel good can I oh are the symptoms gone faith is Mm -hmm. above what you above what I see your word is still true above what I feel what you say is still true so you said you will heal me I don't see it two years in three years in five years in but your word is still going to have to be true so all I've had to really hold on to has just been the word of God that he's given me in season as he's revealed who he is to me in every in every season of that journey, which then makes me understand that Christianity is not about what we do, but mm-hmm. really knowing who he is. Um, and God is more interested in us knowing him than in us knowing what, in us kind of mastering the, the works of appearing as christians right because we're all as human beings naturally we're always looking for uh okay what do i need to do you know just tell me what i need to do and i'll just do it you know but god's like no this has nothing to do with what you need to do it's all about knowing who i am right right i love that like even when you mentioned about being in the valley because it's true sometimes you're on that mountaintop and you're comfortable there right because Mm -hmm. it's a a great place to be and then mm-hmm. like you said sometimes life can change and can change drastically mm-hmm. right and you don't even know what hits you and all of a sudden you find yourselves in the valley but yeah and I think you mentioned this as well that the god of the mountain is also the god of the valleys right and so mm-hmm. it's just the matter of understanding that even when our circumstances do change his character doesn't and you right. mentioning that like you know it was in the valley that now God's revealing to you certain things as well right because sometimes we can we can if we're in the mountaintop start feeling like oh you know I, I'm good you know everything's <laughs> everything's going great you know maybe the job that you wanted you got it you know mm-hmm. you're married to the person you wanted whatever everything's mm-hmm. just perfect so it seems right you're on fire for god and you can almost even start to think to yourself you're the cause of right happening in your life you know Mm -hmm. coming so in the valley it kind of 
but it's also a humility check for us as well mm-hmm. right where it's like yeah no we still need god you know we still 100%. need him in every every area of our lives every day of our lives right i think it's a great reminder and so you mentioned this as well you just mentioned all of my points so i'm just going to have to <laughs> You mentioned this as well, right? Like Bible um, does say that in in our weakness, right? He is strong, which is true, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes we think that we have to be our own strength, weakness. But imagine if you're self sufficient, you might not feel the need for God, you know? Right. And so right. I think that really brings us um, reminders. So that's amazing that you know from your your journey, even in the hospital, for example, right, where God's mm-hmm. ministering to you. And through every step of the way, you could see that he was there. I think it's been a journey of of strengthening. Because, again, I think with human beings, we we, will do everything to avoid pain. We'll do everything to avoid uh, suffering. Now, it doesn't mean that we, we should get into a place where we receive suffering as yeah bring it on would be a bit concerned if you were that kind of person right right (laughs) naturally we have a propensity to want to avoid that you know to avoid that uh as well as when we come to christ and this is why we have the the problem with the prosperity gospel which is all about god has promised you god has promised you god has promised you what more money great this and great this and but that's not the real gospel because jesus Mm -hmm. went through pain and suffering you know he went through to bring glory to god for our salvation Right. right so when it, I would love to say to you that, you know, then my relationship with God was like, ah, I just got it. And I just lived in this wonderful place of, you know, utopia. It, it was, it really hasn't been that way. It's, it's been a journey of um, discovery. You know, it's been a journey of walking through. You know, if I if I'm driving from Mississauga to North York, there's a lot of left turns and right turns and straight journeys. But then, you know, you have to turn left at the end of the, you know, where the lights are or this, that and the other. And that's exactly how I could describe it. At this point, I was severely disappointed with God um, because by 2015, my body completely shut down because up until then I was just pushing through. I was. Uh, I, I was trying to still maintain somewhat of a mountaintop life because I didn't want people to think that I didn't have it together. There was a battle with myself and what I wanted people, what I wanted to appear to look like. So I was forced into a place of weakness. And if anyone knew me naturally, I hated weakness. I was not somebody who wants to appear weak. Mm. I thought people who appear weak were so annoying. And now I'm facing myself to be that person. And Mm. I was in a state now where 
I know I God's producing something in me, but I am mad at him for not fixing me because I just quickly want to get back to who I who I am. And so, you know, I think of that scripture that says, if we're faithless, he remains faithful. Mm-hmm. I can honestly say that if it was left to me within the last 11 years, I would have completely detonated my relationship with God. I would have messed it up because again, I think that I, um, you know, I'm in control. The human beings, we always have this thing where we're trying to compete with God. We're trying to be God, you know? Right. And so, but God, by his grace, always has to remind us that that he he is the only God and there's no other God but him, whether it's, and not just human beings, actually, the devil. And, you know, so with me, I want to be the person who's like, yeah, I, I, I did this and, you know, I, I, I walked through this journey of health just because I was, excuse me, because I was great, but I had, I was weak. No, I, I, I was weak. 24-7, I was weak, but he remained faithful. And I can only attribute us the strengthening of my relationship with him, with him, because mm-hmm. he remained faithful. So right. with that said, how did you keep a right attitude, you know, to even say, because it's very easy. And I must say with any kind of unexpected event to just say, you know what, I'm throwing in the towel. And you mentioned this before, mm-hmm. but you know, the point where you're like, oh my goodness, like, you know, again, this is, this is tough. Right. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, well, it's easy for people to just throw in the towel and be like, okay, you know what, God, you're just not there. You just don't care. Right you see my affliction and you're letting me go through it right and it's almost like you want to get angry at God right you mentioned that as but so how how does one keep that attitude right before him I think um for one it's really important when we get saved to Mm -hmm. get saved for the right reasons Mm -hmm. that we're not playing church And I think one of the things that happened to me was that when I got saved, I wanted God, you know, like I got saved. It was him, you know, it wasn't my friends are coming to church. It wasn't, uh, I feel lonely in the world. So I need something that's going to make me feel better. The essence of my being wanted him. I remember Mm. in 2012 praying and this question coming to me because that's when I had stopped walking and um, and I thought my life was over because I wasn't going to do all these invasion teams anymore. I wasn't going to do all these things anymore. I wasn't at church. Basically, because I wasn't doing all these things, my life was over, <laughs> you know. And um, I remember this question coming into my mind. Are you going to leave? And I remember answering with the same words that Peter said where else can I go for you alone have the words of eternal life very clearly saying that to God Mm -hmm. and I also remember having a a, um, just thinking like but my life has ended but you are life 
I just mm. don't know what it means to live life in you. Like, you know, like this. Right. So, because even in the world, I had valley moments, but I'd never experienced living in the valley. So I don't even know how to live in the valley. It's, mm-hmm. it's not something you, you, you master, you know? Anyways, so what would then cause me to keep on seeking prayer was not because I was a good Christian or look at her, she's on fire. She's zealous for Jesus. It was you alone, God, have the words of eternal life. You are life. And I don't know what else to have. I don't know. Life has no meaning right now. But I know that you alone have the answers. So if I just cling on, hopefully I'll make it, you know. And obviously I say hopefully from my perspective, but absolutely from God's perspective, you know. And so that's what would keep me wanting to pray and wanting to read. But it's like I'm going to maintain staying in communication with him you know opening up his word because I know that left to myself I'm going to be open to a lot of lies like when I would go to the doctors I went to plenty doctor's appointments I've seen so many doctors and so many specialists and so many medical professionals and every time I would leave there would I would leave with a lot of things spoken over me it could be this it could be that it looks like this it's presenting like this and there were so many things that were being spoken over me that at one point I had to realize that these are these are words from hell and if I don't if I'm not protected um this is the entryway that Satan's going to come in. So I think for me, there was, there was, there was a place for being on guard for Satan's entryways whilst God fights the battle for me, you know? So even if it's like going out for prayer, when they would call for people who were sick, like, you know, after you've been there 50 billion times, it seems like you're like, eh, I don't mm. want to be disappointed again, but it was keeping my heart alive, keeping that hope alive that I've had to take on my part okay no and that's great right and because at the end of the day right it's a fight um mm-hmm. what right and I think sometimes again right when things are always going well I mean none of us and you mentioned this earlier on none of us like enjoy the suffering aspect mm-hmm. but that you brought up earlier that Jesus also suffered you know mm-hmm. and so yeah like well you know we're going to have to (laughs) buckle up and kind of prepare for some things right that we probably never would have thought we'd had to deal right but I think just understanding too that there's there's hope in Christ at the end of the day right right? Mm -hmm. and I think that's what that's what can help us to keep going as well, right? And the fact that you're reminding yourself, the fact that you even mentioned as well that, you know, yes, it was, it's been hard to get yourself to pray for whatever period of time, but you're still doing it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And you're still mm-hmm. doing whatever you need to do. And I think that's needed because, like you mentioned, it's so easy to start to deviate, it's so easy to start to 
even come to a place of like self-pity right Right. and we always want to like guard our hearts no matter what it is right um Mm -hmm. no matter what case may be again for yours it's it's a sickness for another person it could be just a loss for example right Right. but whatever whatever the situation just understanding that god is god and god is good i actually wanted to ask was there ever a point where you you just stop praying for your situation or have you always been consistent in praying that god would see you through that god would heal you and yeah, what is, what's that been like for you? Um, that's a very good question. I think uh, I always had this, I always knew that God would heal me because he'd given me that scripture in, in when I, very earlier on in me not being too well. And uh, mm-hmm. so I knew that he is not a man that he should lie and he's a man of his word. He's a mm-hmm. God who, of his word. And so he said he will do it, he will. But it didn't mean that the journey did not consist of of my 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 timeline, or should I say, mm-hmm. it, it was my timeline versus his timeline, you know. And on my timeline, there was a lot of disappointment. That, so by mm-hmm. faith, I knew he can do it, but by sight the timeline is passing very quickly Mm. and so there was always a a, a rest between that you know there's there's how long do I have to wait for your timeline god how long is a thousand days a thousand years in your in your time so when it came to me See, knowing that his character I knew that he could do anything at any time but the journey has afforded me both disappointment and or should I say the journey comes with disappointment the journey comes with uh with you know spiritual fatigue I'm tired of fighting this mental Mm. fatigue emotional fatigue uh the journey comes with frustration and i think those are the thieves of hope uh the journey comes with it comes with all of these things but i think that at the end of it or should i say if the core you've met our minds are made up that we will not surrender so I think to answer your question, you know, I will not surrender if you will help me. And I know that you will help me. It just means mm-hmm. I just have to endure these things. You know, God's not, God's not um, taken aback by our disappointments. God's not taken aback by our seasons of frustration. And one thing I can testify to is that God constantly met me when I was at the end of my rope. Every time I got to the end of myself in any of those arenas, he would bring a word in season that would strengthen me. I wanted to even um, touch on the fact that, you know, initially I thought to myself when we previously had a conversation 
talking about this topic. I thought, mm-hmm. to, you know, how does one really prepare for the unexpected? And then <laughs> I really, I, you know, yeah. really prepare for the unexpected because it's the unexpected for a reason. <laughs> we all the right things in this world right like um Mm -hmm. and you know like just follow through whatever the case may be but sometimes life just is life and there are circumstances that are out of our control they're out of our hands and they just happen right Mm -hmm. but I think what the question really is and we've we talked about this already is what do you do when those events happen right and so mm-hmm. how would you even encourage someone out there who's mm-hmm. listening, who may be dealing with maybe a sickness right now um, mm-hmm. and has yet to receive healing or is dealing with any events that they just didn't mean in their life because, hey, mm-hmm. we can't see even the next five, you know, right. we can only assume like, yeah, you know, in the next five minutes, I'm going to go grab lunch or whatever the case yeah. may be. And it, yeah, life life switches within the twinkle of an eye and so mm-hmm. we find ourselves in completely different places that we never assumed we'd ever be because we almost mm-hmm. like to lie to ourselves sometimes too that that could never happen to me right you know right. and that's not true we're, we're not exempt from anything right because mm-hmm. the bible even says that you know the the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike um, right so right ultimately like we are we're prone to like everything right um for the most part that doesn't mean mm-hmm. that god's protection isn't there it just unfortunately we live in a fallen world and things mm-hmm. happen and sometimes we do see miracles you know and mm-hmm. i believe as well right that you are going to see that miracle because it's true god's not a man that he lies right, right. um how would you, in light of all that, how would you encourage somebody who's dealing with something right now and they just, you know, maybe the fight's kind of hard and they don't <laughs> see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel because it's been quite a long time or, you know, they're losing hope, for example. How would you encourage them? I, I mean, first and foremost, I would sympathize with anyone in that position because I know how hard it is to the day-to-day waiting. And I think this is something that's so, uh, it's something that you guys touched on in the podcast with Alicia. And when you mentioned that, in the wait, in the waiting for singleness, ultimately prepares you for the waiting, how we wait for Jesus to come back, you know? Mm-hmm. And as we wait for him, it's not easy. We have good days and bad days. You go to church on Sunday, you're like, oh, fire, I'm on fire, you know? Yeah, I want to serve Jesus. And then by Monday, you're like, I hate life. <laughs> you know, we all go through those ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Life is not a utopia, even though we are uh, created to, even though we want the utopia. I recently read a book called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way, and I would advise anyone who's going through that to really read that book. Such a powerful book. And 
one of the chapters in that book is called Between Two Gardens. And it speaks about between the Garden of Eden and the New Jerusalem, where we, we are in the in-between. And if you read the Bible in Genesis, Genesis 2, and you read, you know, Genesis 1 and 2, and then you read Revelations 21 to 22, it's like, wow, you know, and there's something about us that is always longing for Genesis 1 and 2 and Genesis 20, 21 and 22. It could also be 20. Don't catch me. Don't quote me on that one, you know, but where it talks about the gardens. Right. Many of us, though, don't want the Genesis 3 to Genesis 9, to, to Revelation 19. Because there's a lot happening in there. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of of whatever. So I would say, for me, reading that book really was such an encouragement to know that it's not just me who is going through this. Um, there's Life is going to happen in one way or another. Someone might look at me and be like, oh, no, you went through illness. And I might be looking at someone, oh, no, you've been waiting for a child. And someone else might be like, oh, no, you've been waiting for a spouse for so many years. There's always something happening in somebody's life. And yes. so my encouragement would be, regardless of what it is that you're facing, God is still God. He will always be God and get to know God not the not the the God that you think he should be but get to know him because if you know him you know that you can get from Genesis 3 to from Genesis 2 to Genesis 22 to Revelation 22 even he will get you there you know so he who began a good work in us will complete it to the coming of Christ Jesus. Get to know the God who will complete that work. You know, um, and he gives us, this, so if you get to know him, then you find that he's, he's the answer to everything. If it's strength that you need, he's, he'll give it to you. If it's, if it's uh, peace that you need, he'll give it to you. Mm, love it. You know, when you said that last part, it just reminded me, right away of that verse that we know that all things work out for good for those who love God mm -hmm. and are called according to his purposes mm -hmm. and you know like no matter what the situations like what we find in the valley like just mm -hmm. understanding the assurance that God can always work it out for good always right right always and even hearing tire story what a journey Right. I never like looking at you, um, I never ever would have assumed that this was your story, right? Like this is wow. um the reality. I never would have assumed. So and again, that's what I love about testimonies. <laughs> Thanks, Pearl, for taking the time to be on here today. We appreciate you so much um for just your openness as well. And um, for anybody out there, I hope this has encouraged you also. And that's about it.
Thank you so much, RBR community, and God bless you. And I'm praying just the hand of God and the favor of God upon all of you. Take care and thank you, Mercedes. You've been awesome. Oh, thank you. You have been as well. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, you have a great day. And that's it for today. Until next time, RBL community, stay encouraged. <laughs>